Hello and welcome to the latest version of Rusted Junk. We are nearly at the end of the season, but we can't go without a few more films. And one of them is National Lampoon's Vacation, 1983 film starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, Anthony Michael Hall, loads of others. Anyway, as usual, here's the trailer. summer when you think vacation think national lampoon's vacation see the real america hey underpants hey yellow it's friendly okay i'm okay don't you want to look at the grand canyon it's educational great and most of all it's fun on the picnic basket. Let Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Imogene Coca, Randy Quay, John Candy, and Christy Brinkley. Well, are you gonna go for it? This is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy. Take you for a ride. This summer, when you think vacation, think National Lampoon's Vacation. Gotta check under the hood. So an interesting trailer, Joe. Is, is that the real America? And actually, firstly, before I even go and ask you that question, I should explain why Amanda's not here and Joe is. Um, Amanda's not here because she's um, she's not feeling too well. She's getting better, but her voice isn't back to normal and we really had to record a podcast because we have to finish with a Halloween film and we've got another one to do in the middle so we've got a tight schedule for October so she 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 said what what better person apart from Dom or anybody else that's been on this podcast could we get in order to to um cover this film now the weird thing is it was Dom's vote that won because I know you voted and we'll get into that in a moment uh, of of what we should cover um but yeah i just we've talked about this film a great many times and i just thought you know what let's rec- let's record it so thank you for stepping in at the 11th hour and actually getting in and i, I knew you'd gone straight into the prep you've done all of that so thank you very much no, anyway. it's always my pleasure to come back on and oh. feel bad that i'm uh, replacing amanda uh, I hope she's feeling better. It sounds like she's on the mend. She, yes, yeah, yeah. So she hopefully is. we'll see her next week I will or whenever. Next week. Well, it might be week. I mean, it's okay. usually a fortnight. It may, <laughs> it may be at this rate. We may be doing another. We may be doing a week. Um, so National Lampoons, the real, the real America, then, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it is. Okay. I am very familiar with the road trip. Uh, we had gone many times. We traveled uh, the East Coast. I used to live in New York, but we did drive down from New York to Florida, and it is very similar. You get into a lot of shenanigans that they had gotten into too. Okay. Uh, it it definitely brought back a lot of fond memories of my road trips, or maybe not so fond memories. Right. But, uh, you didn't. They nailed a, it. You didn't take a wrong turn at St. Louis, for example. 
No, no, we got lost plenty of times for sure. Like yeah. my father would never ask anybody for directions. Like most men don't, <laughs> um, but uh, it was always fun. You know, it was definitely a lot of fun. Okay. All right. So you are the guest, even if you weren't the guest, I always go last Okay. of, of out of 10. So out of 10 and a quick, quick explanation why would be wonderful. Actually, I, I think I'm going to surprise you with this one. Oh, okay. So I actually, I, I give it an eight out of 10. That's not, it, no, 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 I'm not surprised. I, well, I think that's the highest I've ever gone on this, uh, this show. <laughs> I think Rocky Four, Rocky Four, you, oh no, you didn't give it. No, I gave yeah. it like a six or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, actually I watched it last year. I watched it during lockdown. Uh, and I, you know, it was fun watching it. And then I watched it again last night and uh, I got to say, I really enjoyed it. Um, right. It still holds up very well. And um, I remember when this first came out, I didn't get seat in the theaters because uh, my parents wouldn't allow me or they wouldn't drive me because I was in high school at the time. Right. So luckily VHS was right around the corner. Um, when that came out, I was able to rent it. And uh that was like one of my first rentals, I think, uh, with VHS when I when I finally got a video recorder. Oh, right, okay. And uh, no, I loved it back then. And I would have loved to seen it in the movies. I saw the sequel in the movies, but uh, you know, this was far superior to the second one, anyway. Right. Um, okay, that's interesting. But yeah, no, I really like it, and I got to say, yeah, I'm not the biggest Chevy Chase fan. No, me neither. But he does an excellent job. Um, I never realized how good he was in this until I, I really paid attention to him. I mean, he really knows how to deliver his lines. He's a good comic actor. Um, cause you got to balance it in this movie. Cause he has to be serious for a lot of this movie. And he has to basically, it's important that his role works the most in this movie. And he does a fantastic job. And, and I tried to think of who else could have replaced him other than Chevy Chase. And, and I really can't think of anybody. Um, it's really, okay. really did a, a fantastic job. I think everybody was fantastic in this. Uh, I don't have any complaints. I think everybody was very natural. They did seem like a family. Yeah. And um, yeah, I gave it an eight out of 10. Wow. That doesn't surprise me, Joe. I don't know why you think I'd surprised that it's been out of all the films we picked, that that's the one that gets the highest score. I thought Rocky Four would get more. Again, the director's cut may change that if take the robot out and everything. So we may we'll come back and, and revisit that. But that'd be nice. But yeah, so um I'm gonna have to agree with you totally. It is an eight. Um is it the best one in the series? I don't know. Um, because I think Christmas Vacation is the one that people watch more. And I think people quote more, and they quote the cousin Eddie lines from Christmas Vacation. Um you know, and, and they're remembering more for, for that sort of film. And I think it's one of those films that because it's a Christmas film, people put it on more regularly rather than go back and watching this. But the beauty of this is it spawned a franchise and it's and it's right to, because you're right, the whole thing hangs on whether Chevy Chase gets it right or not. And as you know, I'll, I'll agree with you. I mean, when we get to Roll Call, I know we'll, you know, we'll talk a bit more about it, but I'm not a huge fan of it. I know there are problems with Chevy Chase. I know that the industry had problems with Chevy Chase. 
I know he wasn't easy to work with. Um, I'm not a big fan of things like spies like us and, and things that people have reverential terms for. But then, um, spoiler alert, and I've said it on this podcast, and I'll say it again, I don't see it with the Goonies. I just don't see it. I just don't get it. So it. I, I lost that one. What? what? What do you mean with the Goonies? No, I mean, just like people like Spies Like Us and say, oh, it's an amazing film. And they're just like, and then people go, oh, yeah, the Goonies is a classic. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Back to the Future is a classic. The Goonies is all right. But I don't see what everybody, I'd rather watch Gremlins than the Goonies, personally. But anyway, this is this is getting off the point slightly. But um, I just think the whole cat, the whole cast is great. The whole cast hang, it plays their part. There's not there's not really a duff bit in it. You know, the guy that plays we, we'll get to he plays Roy Wally um, at the end. Yes, he appears. We've seen him in other things, you know, which we'll get to. But even he, play, you know, even he plays a good part. And you're just like, this is. This is good. This is a good film to put on. I like the fact it's a 15. I like the fact the swearing in it. I admire the swearing in it, especially his breakdown in the car. I think that's fantastic. Um, and it's and it's testament to, you know, John John Hughes again writing something like this. Um, it's problematic, but then we talked about John Hughes's writing. It does have some problems with it, and there are problems with this film. Not enough to diminish the score, though. Um, because it's just it's 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 written in a way that um you can you can identify it and i remember they did the thing in lockdown last year where they were they got all the 80s stars like judd nelson and molly ringwald and stuff to say say the lines they're famous for um and chevy chases was his rant from this film and i'm like thinking yes because people remember that it's you know it's beloved you can argue that christmas vacation is is more Randy Quaid's film than Chevy Chase's. There's a big argument for that, but this is 100% his film, and I think it's great. So for that, it has to be an eight out of ten. It's it it is, and we're you know we'll get into the problems, but we'll get into all the things that are, that are right. I I love watching this again, and when I went to Netflix, it went. You wait a minute, you only watched this like two weeks ago. You're watching again, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yep, <laughs> sounds good to me. It questions you? <laughs> no, well, I I always think it questions me because it. It, sh- it shows that I've got all the way to the end, but I haven't go- got all the way past the credits. So it's almost like, oh, yeah, I watched that two weeks ago. I'm inventing the Netflix voice in my head. You know, <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm not going I'm not going mad or anything. It's fine. Um, uh, did, so did Amanda watch it? She didn't, no. Oh, although, well, she's got to watch it. Although when I watched it today or this, e- this evening, uh, I came down and I went... And all I did is she was she was with Amy in the lounge. She was helping her with her homework. And I just walked in and I put my hand up and I went, sorry, park's closed. Moose out the front should have told you. And she was in hysterics. And she still hasn't seen it. And she still doesn't know the context in that. But after what we were having a mega John Candy loving. Um, and so I think she just wants to watch it just for John Candy. And I'm like, do you know what? Why not? You know, I mean... Why not? Because we, you know, we'll get to his part and, and the part he plays. Um, as ever, I don't know why I'm talking like people haven't seen the film. It, if you haven't grasped this podcast yet, if you're just starting with this one, we assume you've watched the film because we're going to spoil a lot of it for you if, if you haven't. So um, anyway, there we go. Right. So let's move on. Let's go to roll call. 
I'm sure there's a, there's plenty to discuss in Roll Call. I'm hoping you've done some of the minor, the really minor ones, or picked out a nugget that I just haven't got. But I've done my best with Roll Call because it's quite I've busy. I've got some. I've got some. It's quite busy. Anyway, here's Roll Call. Roll Call. So, so we start with Chevy Chase. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Chevy, Ch- Chevy Chase is synonymous with this film. For me, it's also Caddyshack, where he plays Ty Webb. Um, I, I loved him in that. Um, you've also got the likes of um, Fletch, obviously the Three Amigos, which we've covered here on the, the podcast, so go back and listen to that. Um, you know, he's in Caddyshack 2 as well. He's, he's in all the vacations. So what's it been? European vacation, Christmas vacation, Vegas vacation, and then, and then the reboot. And then the re of course, yeah, the reboot, which we find we love in this house. We really love the reboot. Do you really? Really love the reboot. Yeah, I, th- I, have I think to watch it, it again. I think it I think it just works perfectly. But it's interesting to see the um the 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 decline of Chevy Chase. I know he was big in a in a, um, a series called Community, which I haven't watched, but I know he was really big in that. But you just like I'm looking through IMDb, and it's 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 like when I look at a '70s actor, or if I looked at a '50s actor, and you go, they were in stuff. They're in the A Team. They played a robber in Harcastle and McCormick. They played a you know tanker driver in Airwolf or something like that. And you're like. Okay, yeah, okay, I get that, but to, for for people for for millennials, um, they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, he's the repair guy from Hot Tub Time Machine." You'd be like, "Is that your legacy? Is that how you want to be remembered?" So this is why I love films like this, which cut through it and, and say, "Do you know what? You can go back because this is timeless. It doesn't matter what era you're watching it in." Apart from there's no tech in it, there's no mobile phones. Just watch it for what it is. So, what about you with Chevy Chase? What's what's your uh, what's so your for me? Chevy Chase, he was one of the pioneers of Saturday Night Live. Um, he was one of the original ones with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. He did and, Weekend uh, Update. Weekend Update, didn't he? He did. We- he was the first one to do Weekend Update, and. I think it was only him. Jane Curtin came on every now and then or uh, Dan Aykroyd, but that's mostly what he did. He didn't do any skits like you see now. Right. Um, everyone else did skits like Belushi and uh, again, uh, uh, Bill Murray and Garrett Morris and stuff like that. But um, what was interesting though, is when Gerald Ford became president after Richard Nixon resigned um he started playing Gerald Ford on Saturday Night Live. Okay. And um, the one thing that was known about Gerald Ford was he was a klutz. He was accident prone. And you'd see him like fall down like a, uh, the stairs of an airplane. Oh, is that like your current president? Uh, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> oh, he no, worse, up, actually. No, he falls up the stairs. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's right. true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But no, but multiple times. And he had fallen in swimming pools he had he just like he just was known for falling and it and you know people when they look at saturday night live they think that maybe he was overacting no he this guy fell a lot and i guess he was nervous because 
you know, he was taking over as president of the United States. No yeah. vice president really expects for that to happen, but he did fall a lot. But by him doing Chevy Chase doing Gerald Ford, he looked nothing like him. He just basically looked like himself, you know, <laughs> right. because uh, Gerald Ford was balding. Um, he had, you know, different color hair. He just was Chevy Chase. And um, every time he would find a way to fall in a different way. Um and he did that a lot. And that actually caused him a lifetime of back problems because of all of that. Right. And uh, I, I remember, I, I think in a way he regretted it because he would not have had the pain and misery that he had to suffer through throughout his life because of all of those pratfalls that he did. Right. I also, I think I remember telling you the story where a friend of mine had worked in a, uh, a local theater in upstate New York. And this was, I think, like in the late 90s, where Chevy Chase, uh, I, he might have lived around there or he was vacationing there. Right. And so he showed up to one of the shows uh, to see a movie and he just walked in and he didn't pay for his ticket. And my friend went up to him and said, I'm sorry, sir, but uh, you didn't pay for your ticket. And he said, well, do you know who I am? And he says, uh... yeah, I, I I do know who you are, but you still have to pay for your ticket. And he says, well, the way thing works for me is that I only pay for a movie if I like it. So if I like it, I'll come back and I'll pay for the ticket. And uh, so my friend had said, he goes, well, it's too bad. The world didn't have that option with a lot of your movies. And he got really pissed off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, but he is known for being a jerk. He's yeah. not very nice to fans. He's not very nice to the cast. Um, I don't know why, but uh, he got he's his own just talk gonna... show at some point, didn't he? That that flopped. He did yeah that that didn't last long at all. But it was interesting. I was actually I was watching um, Joe Rogan had Quentin Tarantino, and they were talking about Chevy Chase, and um, he was kind of right. He said that. He, he much prefers Chevy Chase movies over Bill Murray movies because in every Bill Murray movie, Bill Murray starts off as a jerk and then he redeems himself and then the audience loves him. He, you know, like if you look at it, Stripes, Scrooge, Groundhog Day. Ghostbusters. Yeah, almost every one of his movies, he's like that. But Chevy Chase, he starts off as a jerk maybe a lovable jerk and he ends as a lovable jerk he never really has a redemption and for some reason that intrigued quentin tarantino and i was like yeah he makes a good point um because even like when you watch this one he's still a jerk at the end (laughs) he's just a lucky jerk yeah um but yeah that's my chevy chase roll call that i have well that's see that's interesting i mean i'm sure this podcast might last two hours because when you and I get together and we talk about stuff, it's just, you know, we realize that, oh, by the way, it's, you know, it's nearly half an hour in and we're, we're not even barely out of roll call. Um, it, 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 the Tarantino quote is, is, a, is a good one because I guess when you look at John Travolta's casting in Pulp Fiction, everyone was like, what are you doing? This guy hasn't made a decent movie since, you know, since Greece. You know, if you look at John... Please, by all means, listeners, go and go and Google John John Travolta in the eighties. It doesn't look good. It's not great. Um, you know, you've got Staying Alive in there, which was not very good. 
Um, he made a film called The Experts, and I can talk about The Experts because I watched it a few times, and I don't know why, but it's dreadful. Uh, they, they they kidnap two American people and take them to an American town that they built in Russia so that they can learn about America and, and then infil- go back and infiltrate America. It's awful. It's awful. But then they're obviously... He gets found again. He gets a new lease of life. He gets Pulp Fiction. I think Tarantino is a good good spot f- for this sort of thing, um, definitely. But anyway, um, he, Chevy Chase starts at Saturday Night Live, ends as the guy in Hot Tub Time Machine. Tough business, show business, this uh, thing they call show. Well, you never know, is he still around? No, if they make another make, just make another vacation film and include him in that, so he's he's not right at the end. Anyway, Beverly D'Angelo, she's gorgeous. Oh, it's got to say it. I mean, oh, she's just, yeah, she's she just is. great. We'll get to his philandering and his his uh, disregard for the beautiful woman he has next to him, for the beautiful woman the Ferrari. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to that. Um, film film highlights again. She's in all the vacations. I really did like. She came into her own a bit. I thought in Vegas Vacation, which isn't one that you know me, Joe. I I like all the police academies, you know, um, all the way through. So I don't necessarily look at diminishing returns as as it's going to get worse. Vegas Vacation is one of those ones where it'd be a pointless answer that nobody would like the game show pointless where nobody would guess one of her films. But I think it's really good in that because their interaction with Wayne Newton is um, is pretty good. So I would say, don't don't if you like this, um, get over the problematic start of European Vacation in the game show where the game show host kisses kisses Audrey. Yeah, yeah, very problematic. Go through all of them, watch them all, have fun. Um, but when you get to Vegas Vacation, just take it for what it is. I think it's a good film. But anyway, she's in that. Um, she was in another film I watched recently, um, and she's uncredited. Uh, Pacific Heights, Matthew Modine, uh, Michael Keaton, the 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 tenant from Hell that moves in. It's got Melody Griffith in there. She can't act. Um, but yeah, he's a good. She's a good foil in the film to explain the Michael Keaton character. So I really like that. She in American History X uh, with Edward Norton. Um, she plays his mum. Um, I thought that she's she's very good in that. And she's in the entourage, and I can, I don't know, proudly or sadly say that I've never watched an episode of Entourage. So I don't know if she's any good in that. No, I haven't seen it either. But I'm willing to bet she still looks amazing. No, she. I got to say, I had a huge crush on her, and yes. I'm with you. I would not even touch Christy Brinkley if no, that was my wife. Absolutely. Um, why? Why would you? And you know she was even better looking in the second one in European <laughs> Vacation. Um, yes, but it, yeah, yeah, you know it was interesting. I, I was watching uh, Any Which Way But Loose, the Clint Eastwood movie with uh, the orangutan. Okay, she was in that. She oh, okay. was um, his brother's girlfriend that he picked up on the road, and I never knew she was in that. And it was kind of interesting to see. She was. It seemed like. She, well, I guess she wasn't much younger because that this movie came out. Vacation in 83. Hmm. I don't know where, when any, any which way, but loose came out, but um, she was in that. Right. Um, one thing I knew about her is that she had a long affair with Al Pacino. And uh, they actually 
they were never married, but they had twins together. Mm. Um, but it, it was, it seemed like it was an on and on again, off again relationship. Um, so they, he had some sort of longing for her. Cause I know he tried to get her back several times, but, and I also found out she started as a cartoonist well, for Hanna-Bar- Hanna-Barbera. You do far much more research than I do. I think it's simply because I just skimmed through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like, uh, so yeah, the ones that did Yogi Bear and, and I guess the Flintstones. So well, I don't know what she was. That's a great was, piece. Who she was drawing for, but I thought that was interesting. Well, next time I watch Hanna-Barbera, I think, well, there, there, there she goes. Um, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid's fun. Randy Quaid is is funny, but in real life is in real life stories even funnier. Um, I know you can he, probably tell a bit more about it. I will say that he's he's also in Caddyshack too. Um, so th- there you go. That reunited again <laughs> in Caddyshack too. Um, I remember him in Days of Thunder playing the um, the race the race car manager, the manager of the the, the thing. And I always remember his line. Um, what did we look like out there? A, a monkey effing a football, um, which I, I think is a great line, obviously censored, so we don't have to click the explicit bit or or, or do what you do, which is bleep it out. Um, uh, Russell, I can't remember his second name, Russell in Independence Day. Again, he has the famous line at the end, which is where he sacrifices himself and goes, hello, boys. Remember me, um, uh, and up yours, <laughs> which I think is great because I don't think that's really an American expression, is it? It's more a British one. What up yours? Yeah, up yours. No, that's a, that's American too. Okay. We might have got it from you. I think I think we I think we gave it to you, and you chucked us out when you uh, Boston Tea Party. You chucked that. We just took it with us. We stole it. Um, uh, he's also in. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2. Yeah. Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. And I didn't know this existed. I knew it existed. Um, and I watched I the trailer. I watched awful. the trailer. Oh. I, 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 I'm not sure I could watch it. And you know the rubbish I watch. I'm not sure. But I, I might get intrigued when it comes to Christmas. It's certainly not going to make an appearance on Rusted Junk just as a mm. novelty. We have to do a better Christmas film than we've done um, the previous years, but we'll, yeah, we'll get to that. Randy Quaid, yeah? Anything to add to Randy Quaid? Yeah, I think Randy Quaid is what Emilio Estevez is to uh, Charlie Sheen. Uh, Randy uh, Quaid is to Dennis Quaid. Um, I don't like him at all. I can't stand him actually in any movie that he's been in. Do you, you, you haven't justified? Do you haven't justified that? Your, justif- your justification in the week when we spoke about we didn't even didn't even know this was going to crop up, but the fact Emilio Estevez, you think Emilio Estevez cannot act, but you reckon Charlie Sheen can? Yeah, I still say I think he did a good performance in Wall Street. Um, you can't name anything else. He's better. He's better looking than his brother. Yeah, but it, uh, you can't say, oh, well, he's great as the drug dealer in at the end of Ferris Bueller. And I he, guess I, I, didn't, I didn't really see the movies, but, you know, Major League was popular. Uh, what was that one that was a spoof of? Um, Hot Shots. Hot Shots. Yeah, that was popular in a way. 
Um, the Breakfast Club, Joe, need I say more? I don't know you don't like it, but he acts he's, well in that. He's the worst one in it. Actually. Oh, Joe. Joe, he's I might, guy, I might he, be having he, problems with this recording. I might have to... It, it might you're going to edit it out? No, it might edit out the truth? It might you just... can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I want the truth. Um, no, if it, if, it, if it goes off, it's just a power cut. It's fine. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I hope it isn't, though, because I hope no, I, I, I'll cut you off. I, I just... I don't like any movie that uh, Randy Quaid is in. I, I just think that he's famous because of his brother. Um, I much prefer his brother over oh. Randy Quaid. All of his movies, even the worst, even Charles Quaid movies. Yeah, I'll I see that, that instead yeah, of Independence it. Day. Any day. He's not in Independence Day. I, I don't like it. No, oh, no, you I'm mean uh, right? You'd rather, I'd rather watch... see Jaws three than Independence Day. What? Uh, uh, I just, can't stand uh, Independence Day. Come on, man! It's got some good bits in it. Not Look, that I know. Speaking, of. speaking to a Jaws three fan, I would I would always watch Jaws three over a lot of films, and I can't wait till we actually cover it here, because I don't know how long that three D TV that's in Amy's room is going to keep going, <laughs> um, and the fact that our glasses will work and we have to watch it in three D, because um, I do have it anyway. Randy Quaid aside, we, right. we, we'll be here all night. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, as we get down the, the the later ones, Anthony Michael Hall, of course, John Hughes. Um, veteran if we could call it that uh weird science breakfast club year later he made 16 candles after this film uh he's in edward scissorhands i did recommend every time we talked about anti michael hall uh when we did john hughes and, and the youth films in teen films in season two i said please go and watch six degrees of separation with him and will smith donald sutherland stockard channing that's it that's the only people in the film it is a, it's a set piece. It's a great film. Uh, I watched it again recently, and it still holds up. Uh, he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He, uh, he's in The Dark Knight, which I know we we discussed. But he's also, in a, he's also in a TV show called The Goldbergs. And I think I really need to start getting into The Goldbergs. Yeah, you'd probably like The Goldbergs because it's about the 80s. Yeah. And they yeah. lampoon, and they, 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 they honor films by they doing do. episodes around. Right. I hope they have a Footloose version. In the... I, I don't know. I've seen uh, a few of them, right. but yeah, you, you'll see like he dresses up as a Batman or, or they get the Batmobile. Right. Um, they definitely have a love affair for the 80s. So yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen that yet. No, you should watch it. But I will be starting that. Um, uh, are you Anthony Michael Hall? Anything to anything to add? Well, to me, and I think most Americans, I would say he's mostly known for 16 Candles. Right. That's his like uh, breakout role, right? Um, and that's basically all I I know him for. I mean, I know he's been in those movies, but to me, he didn't make any significance. And didn't any like of him in Weird movies. Science. No, I don't like Weird Science at all. Um, just not a fan of it. Well, the interesting chats we have. Yes, I do. Yeah, sorry, that. sorry, yes. sorry to it's all right. bring a cloud over well, your. No, no, uh... Look, yeah, look, you are. It, I mean, in some in some ways, we started the season on video and we started to be back to school. And that's been the most divisive one that we've done because I love back to school. Uh, Amanda hated it. Howard the Duck, I wasn't expecting above average school, but then we get it. So I welcome this because this is this was my original thought. It's not an original thought at all. 
I wanted to take films like, you know, Warbus, uh, Delta Force, American Ninja, stuff like that, that people would have gone, yeah, I sort of remember that, but I'd forgotten all about it. We're not there. We're in a better, I think we're in a far better place. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, because of the films we cover. You're not going to see Back to the Future on here. I'd love to do Die Hard, and we might actually do Die Hard as a Christmas film. I don't know yet. But we're, we're, we're past that because we're just having so much fun and loving it. So, absolutely. Um, I don't know where I was going with that point, but I'm sure I was making a good one. But this is, yeah, the, the beauty is, is that I, I, the disagreement is great because you all disagreed with me on The Breakfast Club, but I still go back and listen to that, listeners, if you if you haven't. I, I held my own on that one. <laughs> I, I, I held the fault for The Breakfast Club. Anyway, um, Dana Brown, who plays Audrey, um, she famous for Beverly Hills 90210. Again, never watched that. Wasn't my thing. Uh, she's in Christmas Vacation too. So... Oh, yeah. she really? I didn't know that. She is, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Eddie Bracken, who plays uh, Roy Wally of Wally World fame, uh, he's his most famous uh, appearance was our perennial favourite that we watch every year. We go to the cinema if it's on uh, Home Alone 2, uh, where he plays uh, Duncan, as in Duncan's toy chest. He plays the owner of the toy store. Um, so, I did love him. He passed, sadly passed away in. Uh, uh, 2002 uh, so not, not much further after that um, Brian Doyle Murray uh, he was the owner of the uh, the the wilderness retreat I'd like don't know if I can, know, I can call it that it was a camp yeah. um, uh, JFK you recognise him from Wayne's World he plays the boss in Christmas Vacation so he comes back but he plays the boss uh, he's in Caddyshack, he's in Scrooged, he's in one of my favourites. If you're looking at the trilogy from Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer, he's also in the third one, which is how I got into college. He's in Groundhog Day. He's one of those people that when he gets on there, oh, him. But you wouldn't know it if you say it. So No, I, I really like him. I, I love his voice and his, like, I like him in Caddyshack. He's good in that. Yeah. He was in Get a Life. I don't know if you ever had seen that series with Chris Elliott. No, um, he's he's he is really funny when he gets a chance to shine, and uh, I, I'm I'm sure you know him. He's Bill Murray's brother. Uh, no, I didn't. That's Bill Murray's brother. All oh, right, okay. That's well, why he's in a lot of Bill Murray's movies. <laughs> right, okay. Now I get it. I didn't think Bill Murray would have that much sway for Caddyshack, but but there you go. No, obviously he did. Um, Frank McRae. Um, he played Grover in this. Uh, he was Sharky in one of the best Bond films, um, License to Kill. Wait a minute. Who, who's Grover in this? Grover. I tried to look it up, but he's in it, and it's quite prominent. Um, I don't know, but he's in this. Okay. And, you. <laughs> and he obviously doesn't look like Sharky in License to Kill, which was, what, six years later? Um, so maybe, you know, he found the all you can eat buffet. I don't, I don't know what happened, but mm. obviously, but we, 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 we love, uh, Timothy Dalton films here. So we love Timothy Dalton's bond. Um, it seems, it seems really bad. Oh, I know to, he to, was, to, to he was, he was John Candy's, uh, he was the other, um, security guard there. That's it. That's it. Um, 
because there weren't too many black guys in this uh, movie. <laughs> you know, no, that had to be him. Well, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to go down that road, but I couldn't Sorry. think of. I couldn't think of the. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jane Krakowski. Um, she's an Ali McBeal. Uh, John Candy. We've said lots about John Candy just for the purposes of experience. Just go and watch John Candy films. Just go and watch. Go and watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I had that on on Monday. Um, while I was working, I had some admin stuff to do. So I had my screen here, which just kind of keeps me company. Uh, I had my screen there and I went, what should I put on? And I played strange automobiles. And, you know, it's it's just great. It's wonderful. Eugene Levy, the guy that acts with his eyebrows. Um, uh, Jim's dad in American Pie. Uh, perhaps you could help with a few more, Eugene Levy. Um, uh, he was in Second City Television. Okay. Uh, you know, like along with John Candy and um, Martin Short. And, you know, he was always a, a good comedian. He was in the uh, Best in Show, you know, those right. movies. He's in, he's always in those. I, who's the one? Chris, Chris Guest. Christopher Guest. Um, he's the director. He, he makes all those movies. He's in uh, A Mighty Wind. Uh, uh, was looking for Guffman. Yeah. Spinal Tap. Yeah, I, I don't know. Was Eugene Levy in that one? Oh, no. Sorry, Eugene Levy. I thought you were talking Christopher Guest. Oh, right. yeah. Christopher Guest was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, we, we'll have to get into the film. I've got... I've got oh, quite, wait, I, I just got to say, you're missing no, no. one big person. Who? Harold Ramis. What, what the director? Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about the director that much. But I think he's important, though. He's important. Um, we love him, and you know, he did Stripes, and you know, we worked with Bill. You know, Bill Murray. He worked with John Candy on that. Yeah, he was actually in the movie. I mean, he he did a voiceover. He did a voice of the guard. Yeah, I, I read that in the trivia. One of the guard, one of the police, one of the police men off off camera. He did one of those voices. It's a pretty recognizable voice. It's a bit like Daniel Craig did the Stormtrooper in Force Awakens. Yeah, <laughs> you go that. That's Daniel Craig. And yeah. you know, you don't need to tell me. Uh, tell me twice. Um, anyway, right. We are we are like halfway where we normally are. We haven't even got to the film. Let's because we got some good trivia, and I think people will have seen this film. I think let's do something a little different. Let's we can go through it, but but let's talk about some of the standout moments that that you know we think think are really good. We can talk about Lindsay Bucky and we can talk about the intro Holiday Road. It's great. I, it's one of those songs that always puts a smile on my face whenever I hear it. And I think, is this the guy from the the, the guy from Fleetwood Mac made this, and it's just become synonymous with, and it's just lived on like a life of his own. Um, and I think it's great. I did like the postcards at the start, you know, having a wonderful time, but my ass is tired. Uh, you know, love stuff like that. You know, and the guy dragging the donkey, I love it. Um, but, you know, you just think that the premise and getting the, get, going to the garage, meeting Gigi Levy, not getting the car he wanted. He gets the metallic P, the wagon, the wagon queen family truckster. He gets that instead. Um and the, I think the whole premise of going to Wally World is is great. I think it's a good, you know, totally again the new vacation. Um, you know, that th- he wants to do something different. Um, so it's obviously um 
uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the, the, the son that's grown up. And he sees the, the look in his wife's eyes going to the same place and having the same photo taken every year and decides that they have to go to this um, theme park. And I just think, I love the fact that they took that because the premise of this film is so good. Um, yeah. The fact he wants to, t- the fact he wants to go, go and do this because he says, you see the kids all the time. Uh, I just want to spend some time with the kids. And you just think, you're right. It comes back to what you were saying. He's a he's a lovable jerk, you know, and he's not seeing his he's not seeing his kids, and he wants to spend some time with them. Does it make him a good father? I think he, I think he makes him a good father. I think it makes him a really lousy husband. But I mean, you know, we'll get to that at some point. But um, yeah, I think the premise of setting it up and getting it going uh, is is quite funny. You know, the show tunes in the car and. Then, then the family all singing Barney Moose songs, you know, singing the the Wally World theme. Um, what did you think about getting it on on track? It didn't hang about, really, did it? What do you mean, getting it on track? Like, uh... I think getting getting them on the road. You know, there wasn't a lot of exposition, and then boom, like you know, five less than ten minutes of the film, and they are on the road. They're the uh, they're on the way to St Louis. Well, I mean, I was fine with that, um, but you know, it was funny when I was watching it the other night, I was like, when he was at the car dealership, I was like, what car dealership does that? Where he trades in the, the car, car. <laughs> and they have a car compactor in their, their back where they just instantly squeeze it. Uh, yeah, that, that was a little crazy. I mean, I know it's supposed to be for humor, um, but I think, uh, again, a lot of the things that he got upset, upset about and um I, I think that he could have worked out things in a different way, but again, it wouldn't have been as funny if he didn't. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's just me. I, I'm like a very big nitpicker now, now that I'm older. Um, it's like, <laughs> well, why didn't he do that? You know, it's like, like Wally world was closed for two weeks. Why didn't he, just in, why didn't he call them? Yeah. yeah. He could have called. He could have said, well, you know what? I'm just going to take another two weeks off. Screw it. And we'll just enjoy our time here. And I guess it was LA. And then once it's open, we'll go see it. But the holiday, uh, the trip is more important than the actual getting there. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a trip to hell. Uh, yes. But it, anyway, and it was fun for us to watch, but it looked like it was painful as it was going on. <laughs> Speaking of nitpicking, that is not an airbag, Joe. That is a bin yeah. bag. That is a bin bag that's been, or trash bag, as you would call it, just inflated. That's it. Yeah, garbage bag. Yeah, that's not going to save you anything. <laughs> that's not going to help you do much. Um, you know what? I, 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 you know, again, I, I thought it was funny too when they they went into uh, where were they? They weren't in Chicago. Were they still in St. Louis when they went into like a seedy part of town uh, to ask for directions? Yeah, was it St. Louis? Was it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, it was. No, we, my family and I used to get into situations like that. And that was the first thing, you know, my parents would say, they're like, roll up your windows, lock your doors. You know, <laughs> so that's very realistic. And the whole thing is stealing hubcaps. That was a big thing here. I just never understood why. Because well, Salomon, surely. What's that? Well, Salomon. Salomon, you said? Yeah how much money they're going to make from selling help caps. I, I just never understood that whole thing. Uh, anyway, 
Well, I, did, I, I, I did lick the front of a VW for because of the Beastie Boys. I did lick Did you really? Yes. Wow. Who is a very bad lad? We need to report this. Well, please. By, Anyone by missing means. a, a VW means. emblem? <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want one? I've still got it in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> if you want it back. It's not stealing if I give it back, is it? Really? How do you sleep at night? <laughs> well, I did. Yeah. I, I have a nefarious past, as they say. All right. We won't bring that up. <laughs> Let, let's, let's not do that. Anyway, so was... the, the, the stop at St. Louis, if you're bringing that up, um, you know, Harold Ramis has apologized for that scene because that has every single stereotype in there. It's it's it, it's one of those. It's like sixteen candles. It's like the Korean guy in sixteen candles, who hits every single stereotype going. It's problematic. It it's it's problematic in the sense of was it funny at the time? Yes. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Did I find it funny? Yes. Did I find this funny? Yes. Do I see it in the context of of later? Yeah, I suppose so. Would I be embarrassed about it? I, would I publicly apologise for it? Well, he publicly apologised for it just a few years later. So we obviously thought, you know, it wasn't right then. I mean, if he stood up now and went, hello, yeah, I'd like to confess all my sin. I mean, I know we can't, obviously, because he sadly passed on. But if a director came and said, do you know what? I'm really sorry for the, the stereotype in this. You know, Steven Spielberg said, I'm sorry for the stereotypes in Temple of Doom and all this sort of stuff. And I'd be like, don't. Just accept it for what it is. The 16 Candles one is a bit problematic. I'll give you that. But this is just, it's just, it's its a comic piece of, they drove into the wrong part of town. Yes, it shows all, you know, all pe- people of colour as, you know, just thieves, where, you know, putting them on the wrong track and all this sort of stuff. But it, look, it's the 80s. I'm not saying excuses things. I'm certainly not going to apologise. It's not mine to apologise for. But I still find it funny. Well, I didn't know he apologised for that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have apologised for it because you know why? I, you know, and I don't mean to get hate or anything, but I'm being truthful about that. It was realistic because there were a lot of places in the country that you didn't go to. And you could also relate that to white trash parts of town too you didn't want to go there either um you know it's trailer just, parks and stuff like that yeah that? trailer park and and stuff like that um so yeah i mean it was funny i mean i know that when it was shown i know a lot of people laughed at the time because they've been in situations like that it's just that so many people are so ultra sensitive to mm. things like that but at the time i think the people of color that that did watch it got a kick out of it you know because they they knew what it was like. I'm not everybody lived in situations like that, but some did. Yeah. And and they knew that, you know, when somebody that looked completely different came into town, um, there were probably nice places they can go by going down yeah. one street, but go by, go down another street and they're either going to rip them off or again, steal their hubcaps or maybe even their tires. Um, so yeah, I don't understand why people would apologize for right. stereotyping. Well, it, yeah. it's it's you know because it, it was realistic at the time, and and, I, and again, it it could have been any race really if they wanted to, and they kind of did that in a way with those mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know, they took yeah. advantage of them too. It's a bit like the three amigos walking into the bar 
everything stopped. Everyone <laughs> suddenly they look woefully out of place. Um, so yeah, I get that. But anyway, let's move on from that. Um, you know, John Hughes wrote this, so he, 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 it's it, it's on his head. And it, you would say, does he have form? Yeah, he does, but it gets better as he as he gets older, um, or, or worse actually, from a film point of view. But anyway, um, falls asleep in the car. That bit nicked again for planes, trains, and automobiles. It's 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 straight again. It just feels like the same thing. Falling asleep in the car, something funny happens. It's far funnier here than it is in planes, trains, and automobiles because it's literally just like the the, the camera pans out from the kids at the back. You see Beverly D'Angelo asleep, and then you see Clark Clark asleep moving his moving his stuff, and it's just great because you're like thinking the car's going fifty or sixty or whatever. Um, it's funny because I mean I, that has happened too. And and I I've been in the car with my father driving and I I'll see him dozing off in his head like going back. I'm like, wake up, dad. <laughs> you know? Like I'd be in the front seat and I was just there to make sure he didn't fall asleep. Oh god, no, I've I've never had that. I've never had that. Um thank thankfully. Um I've just wrote here Beverly D'Angelo, sexy as. Um, because obviously the scene that fall after that came after that. Um, this is the bit where she's on the bed. Um, and he has the glasses and they had the vibrating bed and and ends up going everywhere. She's just lovely. She just really is. And Um, and when we used to go on vacation, we used to go to hotels like that and they have had vibrating beds. And we used to madly didn't think it was a thing until we watched planes and automobiles. She thought that was invented for the film. No, no, that's real. Um, No, I used to put in a quarter in there, but we used to think it was a game, you know, as kids, it's like, uh, you know, How long did it last? I, it lasted for like maybe three minutes um, for a quarter. Okay. You know, you thought you were getting a massage, uh, basically. I mean, as a kid, that's what I thought it was for. Um, yeah, but, but, three, yeah. but if, if, if it's being used for what you think it is, which is sex, three minutes? You got to have a lot of quarters with you. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're going to have to, in, in, you know, it's hardly a... And, Hardly a romantic. Well, I was going to say it's hardly a romantic thing when you have to stop put quarters in, but it's hardly romantic if you're on a vibrating bed, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't use it. It's like I think that would just be a distraction. Joe, um, I, feel, I feel like there was a confession coming there, but okay. <laughs> sorry. Let's 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 move on. I didn't um, have enough change at the time. <laughs> <laughs> only had a nickel. Um, anyway, the, oh, the ca- I, I, I'm sorry. I just meant to say something. You know Go what on. I noticed for the first time is that we saw. Um, Beverly D'Angelo's boobies. Yeah. Is that a nice word to say? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. She came out of the shower. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I was surprised. that. I mean, well, it was an R rating over here, which meant that, you know, anyone under the age of 17 couldn't see it. But that might have been the reason why. The thing is, they shot scenes. They shot scenes again. They made two versions of the film. Um, because they knew that one of them wanted to be on TV. The cuts on the film, when we get to trivia time, if if we get to trivia time, um, the cuts in the film are just embarrassing. I, d- I don't want to see any other version than the one that I've seen. I'm not even sure that I've, the one that's on Netflix is the actual one. So I may need to go and to <clears throat> consult the internet for uh, <laughs> um, the, the definitive version on that sense. But, but yeah, um, you see them again in the pool. Anyway, right, but we'll get to the, the pool scene in at some point. They go to the cowboy theme park. Um, that's the bit I thought 
didn't work. You saw that in the trailer. The, the you know Clark asked me, "Hey, you know, um, yeah, Lily." I like that. Lily Livid, and he brings out the sh- yeah. But the thing about it is, you weren't expecting the shotgun, and you're just like thinking, "Whoa, <laughs> oh right, okay, it's part of the theme." You would never get away with that now. You'd never have like somebody just firing a gun, <laughs> so you know, fake. Well, gun. that's like like me nitpicking. Um, it's funny for the audience, but yes. it's like unrealistic. But you, all right, this is a roll call. So, do you know the, the guy that played Wyatt Earp? Who he was? No. That was uh, Richard Dreyfus's brother. His last name is Dreyfus. Wow. See, I think I put that up in roll call, but I mean, if I did roll call, I just have to say, right, okay, this podcast is coming out. And if I did it to the extent that that you would take the concept, because I know you don't do that on, 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 you know, you go through the actors, but you don't go through them all. Hmm. If you did that, I'd have to split the podcast up into two. Roll call, uh, intro and roll call, <laughs> then a break. And then we say with the, the, the rest come later. Um, anyway, we must move on. We are then introduced on the road to Christy Brinkley. While the family's having an argument, you see Christy Brinkley in the Ferrari. There's no getting around it. She is very good looking. We've already said we prefer Beverly D'Angelo. But Christine Brinkley is very easy on the eye. But then they finally get to, to Cousin Eddie's place. Um, <laughs> he's Randy Quaid comes out with some good lines. You know, when he's first introduced to to it, he's going, yeah, how things are going? Oh, bank's been on me like a fly, flies on a rib roast. And it's just the way he delivers lines is, is great. The interaction between the two. Did you spot, and it's worth going back and really looking at this, and it happens in the background, but he's looking at Beverly D'Angelo all the time. Oh, no, I didn't. Right, he's looking at her. And when they go to say goodbye, he tries awkwardly to lean in for a big, for a big old kiss. She's not having any of it. And you're like, okay, there's something going on in there. But yeah, there was definitely this, this staring, but how did you get the, the interaction between the, the, the families? Cause you, you are introduced to, um, uh, Aunt Edna at some point, which we, we can get to. How did you find the, the, the family scene where they got to cousin Ellie's? Yeah, I thought that was the weakest part of the movie. You me. think? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I guess they had to somehow introduce Aunt Edna. Um, I mean, it was still fun, but I, I felt if I was going to cut anything out, it would have been that. Right. Um, the kids really didn't play a major role in that. Um, I mean, we got it. You know, they wanted to basically dump Aunt Edna on them so that she can go to wherever she had to go to yeah. see her son. Um, but Aunt Edna was played by Imogene Coco, and she was actually she was a very famous comedian um, in the United States, and she worked with uh, Sid Caesar for uh, I think it was called Your Show of Shows. Yeah, because um, so she, she's it, mentioned in the in the trivia. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, but the, the relationship that she had with Sid Caesar is mentioned in trivia time, which we'll get to. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but I, no, I no, remember. No, 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 not at all. It's good to bring it up there because I missed it in roll call. I, I remember her. I'm just saying that uh, she was on TV. She might have been on Love Boat or something like that, but she was fairly famous, I would say. Uh, although, you know, most people don't know who she is. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, 
still it, it, it was kind of fun with the playboys and uh yeah the playboy thing so um he says oh a guy a, a guy taught me you know a couple of tricks and then he says oh you know have you ever like you know wrote touched the baloney or something like that and i'm going wait a minute if you backtrack that a guy taught you how to masturbate that's the, go back and look at that line. I I played it three times. It was a guy showed me something cool the other day, and I'm like, "What did he show you? Tell tell me on the doll where he touched you." You know, it felt really creepy. Um, but anyway, it's because of any you know his family. I like the barbecue, and you're gonna have to help me out with something. What the jiggins is hamburger helper? Oh. Um... I think that was just basically spice. Um, <laughs> was yeah, it molded? Would, it was molded into like a hamburger. You would grill it. I, if I grill it something, we never really used it. But basically, I think you would put the beef, the ground beef, in a in a in a bag with the hamburger helper, and you would shake it up right. so that it would mix in there. I, I guess it would, you know, add a little more spice to it. <laughs> so what's he grilling then? I don't know. Because <laughs> I thought hamburger helper was kind of like some, something, again, something you put mince into, but then it formed vegetables and gherkins and carrot and something else, and then you'd fry that, and he's just skipped the meat. Oh, so maybe he's just using the hamburger helper, which is just like, again... The spice. Right? Yeah, it's no, no beef, just the hamburger helper, um, which... It's not very good if you're going to eat it alone. <laughs> He's a sharp dresser, but don't forget they had real real tomato ketchup. Nothing <laughs> but the best for you, uh, Clark. Um, anyway, at Edna Pierce, crotchety, they're driving her to Phoenix. Um, Cousin Eddie wants to borrow some money. Um, he's telling a sob story. I loved his line. The army said, uh, I don't qualify for disability because the plate in my head wasn't big enough. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, sorry, do love it. But he wants to borrow 50k. Um, it's not gonna happen. And the next scene is we find out later in the film he gave him a couple of thousand pounds or something, I think. Um, I don't know who has that type of money, it's probably just a check or something that you wrote. But they've got to take Aunt Edna to Phoenix and also Dinky, Dinky the dog, who's um had the runs, as we say over here. Um and just slept in the barn. So there we go. So they, they leave Cousin Eddie's. Any, anything to say before we leave Cousin Eddie's? No, I'm good with leaving Cousin Eddie's. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, Cousin Eddie. They, they then start to get to a picnic, and, and lo and behold, Clark is is watching, sees Christy Brinkley, sees Ferrari Girl. Uh, he's got a sandwich in his hand. Um, I'm not spoiling trivia time by saying that dance that he does with the sandwich and stuff, I don't know whether it's funny or not, but he, he invented it. He just decided to do it. And the cameras just rolled. And, and so he did that. I thought that uh, was funny. Yeah. But the, the funny, the funny payoff is the dogs peed on the sandwiches. That's, that's, that's the line. That's the bit there. It's great. Um, you know what I thought was funny, you know, with, with Christy Brinkley and her driving. Yeah. Is that the only song she has in her car? Like that little Miss Sweet. <laughs> Because well, every it, time he sees her, she's that song is playing. Uh, it was supposed to be another. It's it supposed to be another song, but they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't play it. 
Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was it Van Halen or something? Oh, really? That would be- yeah, it was something else that they wanted to play, but they couldn't get the rights to it. Um, but anyway, they make it then to, to, to the camp they were staying at. Uh, they ring the bell for service. I always thought they loved, loved that sort of thing. Um, they're paying $37 for three tents. That sounds like a bargain to me, Joe. Me too. I was saying the same thing. It's like, what are you complaining about? 37, especially when the guy says it includes scenery and the wildlife fun. <laughs> I'm like, well, there you go. I mean, what else do you want? Um, Clark and Beverly D'Angelo um, uh, are getting busy. They get attacked by the dog because um, she's going, oh, you're a wild, wild animal, wild animal. And he goes, yes, I'm, I'm trying my best, all this sort of stuff. And she's like, no, no, no. The dog is basically uh, basically biting him. Um, I guess if I was with Beverly D'Angelo, probably I would forget other things that are going on around me anyway. Um, I think spend- it would have been in funnier if it was an actual wild animal. Like like a bear. Some- yeah, like a bear or, or like a raccoon or, or a cougar or something like that. We can't have yet another film with with raccoons and John Candy in it. So oh, okay, you know, <laughs> well, or, or bears for that example, or bats. If we we are talking about the great outdoors, of course. Um, anyway, they pack up. They don't spend too much long there. They pack up. Off they go. Um, the the dog lead. <laughs> the bit where the police the policeman pulls them over, and the dog lead. I read in trivia time that they were having such a good. Um, such a they were trying to stifle the, their laughter by not laughing at that scene so what you see on that is them stifling the laughter and he's trying to make it look like he's really sad about it but in the end he's just dying to laugh so go back and watch the film with, with that in mind um, but the lead on the end of the car so yeah poor little guy probably probably ran for a few miles and see I noticed when he put the leash on there that he barely put it on there it would not have would have came off because it right. wasn't looped on there. Um, See, this is the level of detail, which is why you're always welcome on this show. Oh, thank you. That's that's the sort of that's that's what the listeners want. Um, equally, they they love the God. I didn't. I barely even noticed that from the vendor. So yeah, it's great. You like the yin and the yang. This it's it's great. Um, and please, if you're listening to this for the first time and you haven't checked it out, go back. And check out the podcast where it's me, Joe, and Amanda, rather than just me and Joe or whatever, because um, it's wonderful. Check out the ones with Dom as well, because I love doing podcasts with Dom for, for you know different reasons. I know you listen. You, you won't be mowing the lawn now, because he listens to podcasts while he mows the lawn, or so he said. He won't be mowing many lawns now. So hopefully you might be going out for a walk or something, or you, you're uh, on your way to, to, I was about to say, on your way to work. Um, yeah, from from the from the lounge to the to the study, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. If Dom is listening, I'm a big Dom fan. So. You're a bit whoa. Care to care to elaborate? No, I just I think he's great. I, I liked when you guys were doing Friday the Thirteenth. Nightmare on Elm Street. Weird... Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, so I'm sorry. El- Nightmare on Elm Street. And you weird science? Did you do? No, the uh, last one was the one after Back to School. We did Real Genius. Oh, see, I get those mixed up. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know they're, why they're completely different, but yeah, I can see why. <laughs> the names, the names. What's that film? Forty-eight hours? No, what are the, no, the what Godfather. Are those, uh, what are those movies I don't like? <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, we did them for you. Um, 
and the fact he still doesn't re- like real genius, I don't think I'll ever forgive him. But you know, there's there's ple- we we've been through plenty of things in this life together. So anyway, I'm sure he'd love that. There you go, don't get a big head. You deserve it because you're you you're wonderful. Um, anyway, so. Uh, Chrissy Brinkley appears after the the dog thing. There's a near crash. They lose the luggage. It happens to be um, Baby D'Angelo's luggage. She's lost it. He's lost his wallet as well. Um, but then they have. Then there's this weird bit in the film that all oh, this doesn't belong there. They launch. The, they're on the way to the Grand Canyon. They're on the way to the the hotel, the Grand Canyon. Um, loses it. Um, lo- lost his way. Um, and then suddenly he goes, oh, yeah, there'll be a sign around here. What, you mean like that one? And then they, they launch the car up and the car is totaled. And then, even though I've just watched it, why did they split up? Because he somebody... To, he went to go and find help. But did he think they were staying back at the car? Because obviously I keep missing this. Well, he had to, someone had to go and find help. There's no way Aunt Edna could come with them. So someone had to watch Aunt Edna. Right. Um, so everyone had I, to stay at the car while he went off. I, I think, I mean, I guess he could have took Rusty with them. Yeah. But he might have thought, well, you know, what if I don't make it? But again, it would have been in a worse situation if he died and then he never came back and never got help because they would have died too. So. Yeah. Oh, Joe. Well, anyway, it's a, it's an odd, it, it's a, it just takes an odd direction at this point. So, you know, I don't understand why he was traveling through the desert and not on the road that he came on. What do you mean the road that he came on? Well, the road that, you know, that they drove on to basically get to where they were. There was a road there and said he went across the, you oh, know, right. yeah, yeah. the canyon and all that. Yeah. At least like he would have seen maybe a car going by one way or another. I don't know. Again, nitpicking. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good thing that the road was just there. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, they fix the car. Uh, you see, John Deal. John Deal's one of the mechanics. Um, I kind of like him because uh, he was also in Stripes. So it's a bit of a reunion. So we've now got Ramis, John Candy, John Deal. Yeah, okay, liking this. Um, anyway, gets to the hotel, tries to cash the check, can't cash the check because he's got no. Uh, identification you can't do you can't cash the check um the guy's being a bit of a thing at this point he, uh, he slams the, the, the thing down and the cash register opens steals the money i did like the bit where they're all outside you know just watching the grand canyon and it's like yep kids there's a grand canyon let's go that's a great scene it's yeah. a great scene especially yeah. when she goes you know clark why can't we just go he's like Yep, great. Like, let's go. <laughs> it's just like we've, we've seen it. We've stood together. But you know what I noticed for the first time is that when he opened up the cash register by accident and he took the money, he put the check in there. Yes. Which and means that's caught red handed. Yeah. I was like, why did he do that? <laughs> you know, I guess he was being honest, but he basically knows the guy's name, his address. They've checked in. So he would have everything because they've got a reservation for them. Mm hmm. The only thing they haven't got is a social security number, but you know, maybe that's on the check somewhere. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sadly, as they leave and they're on their way, Edna dies. Uh, and Edna dies. What do they do? They put her on the roof. Now, 
I'm no police officer, Joe, but I do know if I saw something like that, I'd want to pull it over. I'd want to know if it was a dummy, a chair, or a dead person, because those are the only things it could be, the way that it's shaped and the way that it's wrapped on the roof. Uh, but they are taking her to Cousin Normie in Phoenix. Um, and they take her there and they leave her in the chair. Um, and because it's all raining and because Beverly D'Angelo's having a go at Clark, because Clark wants to get on, he, his, his goal is to get to Wally World. It's just like, leave Edna with an umbrella on. Normie's gone out, gone out to wherever. He'd gone to somewhere. Um, they're gonna. He just wants to leave her there for the weekend. And can you imagine the trauma of somebody getting back and going, "Oh, and Edna seems to be sitting on the pushing her. She falls over. She's dead." Let's not go into that because <laughs> that that would be a very traumatic thing to come back to. I think that's another situation where we got to suspend disbelief. I mean, what yes. I would have done was I probably would have broken in and Bur- I buried her in the desert. No, I wouldn't have buried her. I, I would have put her in her bed. And then just basically said, oh, yeah, we couldn't get in. So we broke in and she went to bed and then just like assumed that she died while she was sleeping. I, I know that's being a bastard. Also, it, it was in Arizona. It rarely rains in Arizona. So I think that that was another thing that their whole trip was just cursed. <laughs> well, yes, it's one of those things. Yes, it was raining um, in that sense. But because of all this. He gets to his famous line. The kids are going, do we need to go all the way to Wally World? Beverly D'Angelo's complaining and everything. He stops the car with the rain coming down and he loses it. Um, his opening line is great. I can't swear on the podcast, but it is great. You're all, you're all, you're all left in the head. It's just a great, a well-delivered line by somebody who knows how to swear. It's wonderful. If it wasn't for me, you know, if it wasn't for me, you'd all be whistling zippity do out your asshole. And you're like, <laughs> this is great. This is great. This is a good part of the film. It is what he's known for. It is what he came on that, that thing last year and did. Did the line again. It's great. I love that. But now we have to get to the, the bit, Joe, which is they check into the hotel. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo still hasn't forgiven him uh, for the outburst. So he takes his coat and he goes out, goes to the bar. I'm leaving you on your own. And off he goes. I guess he's at the bar, but Christy Brinkley. And guess what happens? They end up in the hotel pool together. Now, lovable rogue. Did you call him lovable idiot or lovable jerk? Yeah, lovable jerk. Right. This isn't. This isn't lovable. This is this isn't even a guy that's having a midlife crisis. He's not at midlife, you know. But the way that he treats his the way that he treats his family, I thought he's not a nice guy, is he? But are you supposed to overlook all of that? Well, again, this is I, I think it's another thing you get to suspend disbelief in a situation <laughs> like that. Yeah, um, but it's not hot shots, you know. Part two, you know, it's. This is we're supposed to buy into this character and laugh with him, and and, and then suddenly he does, he becomes like a sleaze ball. That's like you know, oh yeah, I'm traveling incognito. You know, but the the, the people that are with me. Um, what did he say he was? He was an, un, an undercover boss. 
Oh, I, I thought you were going to say you're one of those guys like the CIA. Oh, no, no I was in the CIA, but, you know. And he's just like, what are you doing, man? Beverly D'Angelo's in a bed back at the hotel. What are you doing here? Get get to the liquor store, get yourself a bottle of wine, go back, apologise, and get busy. But this was also National Lampoon, and this was also like just com- coming out of the 70s in a way, like early 80s that this movie was made. So back then, guys would cheer if, you know, it's not right. It's definitely not right now, you know, where if a guy was married and then all of a sudden some young hot girl uh, had the hots for him and he got to score with her. Uh, And I guess that's what that scene was written for, is for people like that. Um, But, yeah, it makes him look like a jerk for sure. Um, I know, but it's not like Olive from On the Buses which will have no reference to you, but to all the British listeners would go, it's not like he's cheating with Christy Brickley because he's married to Olive. I know on uh, the buses. So do, you remember, <laughs> you know. do you remember Olive? Uh, no, I don't actually, but okay. I, I, I know of on attract- the buses. Not the most attractive. Oh, I'll get you, Butler. Um, yeah. It would, it, it, this, this doesn't make sense. If she was even mediocre, if she was, you know, if she was like a six out of 10, yeah, but he's got a nine. <laughs> he's got a nine at home. <laughs> like, what more do you want, man? Well, you have to realize, too, uh, Cindy Crawford, I-, I think she's gone through two or three marriages. And somebody once told me this, that somewhere out there, there is somebody that's tired of blanking Cindy Crawford. When... <laughs> And I think that that's what it is. It's like right. that he knew that he had her and that she loved him and he was always going to have her. So he wanted to cheat. I, yeah. Again, I'm not condoning uh, it. No, no, no. It's, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's just, it, I mean, this is it. It's just a good thing. Anyway, we must move on. Um, I did want to say one last did, thing. He did say I'd stay if I was I weren't married. Right at the end. To yeah. it. He's been busted. I'd stay if I wasn't married, but I am. What's the I wanted to correct you on one thing. Go on. We never got to see Christy Brinkley's boobs. No, we got to see Beverly D'Angelo's when she dives in afterwards. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what you were talking about. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. notice that. All right, I got to look at that next. When we're <laughs> Joe, done. Joe, yes, well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll move it on a bit. <laughs> just fine. for investigation purposes. Well, you, you said you were thorough, Joe. I expect nothing else. Okay. Um she even gets back to the hotel room and she apologises for having a go at him. And I'm like, you just caught him in a swimming pool with another woman. What, what's wrong with you? Anyway, makes it to Wally World. As as we have pointed out, the famous John Candy um, uh, to him, he gets there, it's closed. Um, the moose says his message. <laughs> and basically, he goes back, gets something, goes back in, John Candy comes out with one of the best John Candy lines, which you and I talked about at the start before we started recording, but there you go. It's, sorry, folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. Um, (laughs) It's great because it's a great line. He's got a gun. He's gone to the drugstore or whatever, wherever you get guns from, and he's got a gun. Um, We find out it's not loaded, but then... um, It's a BB gun. It's a BB gun, right. And what? And a security guard couldn't couldn't tell him that. Couldn't tell that that'd be a BB gun. He didn't look like the brightest security guard. Right. But there's Grover there as well. So there's two of them. 
So no, oh, yeah, Grover. Grover, see? Suck them both. Um, and he, he basically forces John Kenley to go on rides. Um, and basically the family get their, their holiday. Obviously, the police have been called. Um, the police arrive with Roy Wally. Um, and he does what he does best, which is he talks his he talks his way out of it and tries to empathise and try to... What did you think about that final scene? I, I know I'm rushing the final bit, but, that you know, only because we've got so much to get... To, well, I say so much. Listeners, at this point, if you are still listening, if you have things to do, we've probably got about another 25 minutes or so. It's fine. But what did you think of the final scene? What do you think of John Candy? I mean, come on. He just, he just adds... He adds brightness and delight to every single every single film he's in no it was fun that he was in it yeah um, I, you know i wish in a way he played more of a role but i guess he couldn't either yeah no it was fun it definitely you know it would have been a more interesting sequel would to see them go back home have to drive back home well but there it is seems a, there like is an alternate ending there is there is which is well they were in a plane yeah Yes, there is an alternate ending. Do you know what? For the purposes of expediency, we know that we love John Candy. We know that the film ends. Everyone knows the film ends. We probably talked about it enough. Let's go straight straight to trivia time. Okay. And then we're a bit on track, and then we can get to any bits that we missed. We probably cover the bits that that we missed when it comes to trivia time. Anyway, here we go. Here's trivia time. Trivia time. So, there is an original ending. So an alternate ending. Um, so after seeing that Wally World's closed, he goes to the house of Roy Wally. He points a gun at him and forces uh, him, uh, a, secu- uh, a, a security guard and Wally's business associates to sing and dance Wally World theme songs before the police arrive to arrest Clark. The girl in the red Ferrari, Christy Brinkley, arrives. Um, and it turns out to be Roy Wally's daughter. And she convinces him not to press charges against Clark. On the plane ride home, the Griswolds re- realise they're on the wrong flight. Clark snaps and hijacks the plane. This didn't go over well with test audiences. And the scenes in the park with John Candy were a last minute alternate ending filmed over two weeks four months after production ended. Uh, The original ending was deleted. It's believed to be lost. However, Chevy Chase says he has a videotape of the movie with the original ending. Um, A photo of the Griswolds, as you quite rightly say, is shown on the end credits. That's a dark, that's a dark ending. Oh yeah. And I mean, I definitely prefer the theatrical one. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what else have we got? All the cast had terrible experiences when it came to filming the scenes inside Wally World, where they were, which is filmed at Six Flags. The car park was um, of the Santa, Santa Anita racetrack. So when you see Wally World in the distance, that's a cardboard, that's a cardboard cutout. Um, so it's just like superimposed. It showed, pardon me, it does show. Um, Chevy Chase mentioned that all the rides made him and the other cast vomit, especially after the ride them several times. Audrey mentioned in the commentary that Roller Coaster made her so sick she had to take motion sickness pills and would pass out on nearby benches between takes. Finally, Anthony Michael Hall mentions that the shots on the roller coaster where he looked scared, his the fear in those shots was genuine. 
I couldn't keep riding roller coasters. I don't know what you're like. No, I couldn't either. I can't do Star Tours more than twice. Well, that's that's not a roller coaster. It just moves slightly. It just goes slightly. But it gives me motion sickness. Joe. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Did you know how much John Candy got for his appearance at the end of the movie? No, I did not. One million dollars. Wow. I'm not sure that's true, you know. Sometimes I, I try to double-check all the trivia, but it, that's in various bits. $1 million just for that. I'm not even sure Beverly D'Angelo got $1 million. And I'm not sure John Candy was that big. What what he made by that point? He'd made Stripes. He, he hadn't made Splash even yet. Yeah. Um, he hadn't made Bruce's Millions. Trying to think what else he did, but yeah, no, that, that's surprising. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't believe Chevy Chase when he says that he has the original ending uh, on VHS. Is, well, um, in the DVD commentary, Harold Ramis mentions from the scene in which the truckster leaps up into the air, several of the crew members made bets against the second unit director, Dick Zyker, that he couldn't jump the car more than 50 feet. They even drew lines in the sand to measure the distance. Um, he ended up winning the bit because it jumped more than 60. Um, so he managed to get it quite kind of high. Interestingly, while we're talking about Harold Ramis, his cousin Eddie's daughter that couldn't speak, that didn't have a tongue, that's Harold Ramis's daughter, Violet. I think that's great. I love the fact that she's in the film. I think his um, wife is in the film too. Oh, okay. Um uh, where have we got? I did, I did try to make it very brief um, in my the trivia. Kim Cattrall was the original choice for Alan Griswold. Kim Cattrall, that would have worked. Wouldn't have been yeah. as, wouldn't have been as pretty. No, uh, but I, I mean, I think this showed that Beverly D'Angelo could really act, and she could do comedy. I'm glad that they cast her. And to be fair, Kim Cattrall looks incredible in Malakin. So. Yeah, and, and Big Trouble in Little China. She was attractive in that, too. Mm. Um, in the DVD commentary the, where the Griswolds are in St. Louis, uh, Harold Ramis said in that commentary that it was the most politically incorrect sequences he ever shot, which is what we talked about before. And it practically demonised everyone involved. He also admitted he wasn't proud of shooting it the way it appears in the film, and he wouldn't shoot. He, he wasn't even sure, so he didn't say that he would, wouldn't, He'd shoot that particular scene today. And if he did, he would write it uh, in a very differently to the way that it came out. Um, and while we're talking about Harold Ramis, just on this bit, we're nearly, nearly at the end. I didn't, uh, there was so much to get through. I just had to pick out a few because I know that we'd be talking a lot. But um, the, he, Harold Ramis says that anytime there's, there's swearing in the film, they also had to shot another take of the same moment, minus the foul language, to get the one for the film, to get the rating, the one that they could sell for TV. Um, Clark's speech where he's fed up with his family was shot three different ways, with Chevrolet Tace handling the cussing differently every time. According to Ramis, nothing worked as well as Chevy Chase going full on and letting the F-bombs fly. And I'm like, well, yeah, wouldn't be. Can you imagine, Good- you can imagine the TV version of Goodfellas? Well, I mean, I know there's a, a TV version of Scarface. Um, there, there is. Yeah, I think I have on the Blu-ray, you can actually listen to the audio that they used um, 
I forget what it says, but it's kind of funny. You, you look that up on YouTube. Okay. TV version of Scarface, and you'll get a kick out of it. I'm writing it down there. I'm writing it down. TV version of Scarface. No. To all the UK listeners, and Dom, I know you'd be thinking of this at this very point. I can read your mind. Um, Harry Enfield's version of um, the TV version of Goodfellas, which I think is why it came into my mind, which is, um, did you did you fun my wife? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Muddy Funster. Loads of kids at that time. and loads of, We all use Muddy Funster because we just thought it was great. <laughs> it was fantastic. It's just the way it is. Anyway, have you got any trivia? What have you got, Joe? No, actually, I, I don't have much trivia. I mean, other than yeah. the fact that uh, when they reshot the scenes with um, for the new ending, when they brought Rusty back, he was much taller than he That's, was. Yes, good shout. Yes, I did read that. Yeah. He was shorter than Beverly D'Angelo when he started. in the beginning of the movie. And then <laughs> at the end of the movie, he was taller than her. You just have to do a Tom Cruise. You just have to shoot them so they're, they're slightly out of ones in the distance. I, I mean, now that we're talking about that, the illusions, that Wally World picture that's tagged onto the car park doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, work. I didn't even know that until you mentioned it just oh, now. now. Now you can't unsee it. Sorry. I'll have to watch that too, along with uh, the, 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 the Angelus pool, pool scene. The pool scene, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, that that is an actual theme park in California called Magic Mountain. I've never been there. Okay. Um, but you, I mean, they definitely wanted to use Disney World. It's obvious. They might never never mentioned it in trivia. Right. But you know, was it Marty Moose? Was Mickey Mouse? And <laughs> the theme song was the Mickey Mouse theme song. I mean, everything about it. And then even like the guy who played, you know, the you know the creator of Wally World. He was, you know, either Disney or Roy Disney with the mustache. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you wonder if they did go to Disney and ask them if they could use the park as a, as a backdrop at some point. I don't understand why they wouldn't, but it, it works. It, it doesn't work as, I guess it works better with Wally World because it's just I think it's it something does. you can invent. Because you'd, you'd have to jump through hoops to, to get Mickey Mouse to do anything funny. But then you've got Barney, you know, Barney Moose going, the park's closed, come back again, you know, revisit. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do that because Mickey Mouse's voice is infernally annoying. No, oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I like oh, Mickey on. Mouse. I, 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 I like Mickey Mouse, but his voice, you know, get on with it, you know. Get on with it. You don't want to hear him read. <laughs> Go like, through the, puberty. <laughs> the, you don't want to hear him see, read the collective works of Shakespeare or something. You're just like. You couldn't do that. You'd get to um, a pair of star-crossed lovers in, you know, right at the start of Raymond Juliet and going, shut Mickey Mouse up. Can you get me uh, get me Pete Postlethwaite from uh, the 1996 Baz Luhrmann remake who who does the voiceover for the start of that? Oh, I love that. I, I think if they did use Disney World, that would take away from the film. I think more people would be focusing on actually Disney World and the characters yeah and so that's why i think you, you know you're 100 correct when it was better that it was a fictional theme park that they used but although uh is it marty moose uh barney, he definitely, barney moose barney moose is, is it is it barney moose barney moose yeah uh, i'll have to check that is one out too. barney moose i think it's marty moose but i'll 
check it wow. out. Wow. Um, that was like Bullwinkle Moose. It always reminded me of Bullwinkle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember Rocky and Bullwinkle. I do remember Robert De Niro starting in the starting in the live oh, action geez. remake. Well, sorry, if you're going to bring up Rocky and Bullwinkle, I'm going to bring up. I never <laughs> seen it. I, I was my heart sunk knowing that he was cast in that movie <laughs> with Ra- Jason Alexander. Good lord, Raul, Ju- Raul Julia playing Bison in Street Fighter the movie. I'm like, don't be doing that. You're far better than that. <laughs> You'll always be. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, go, go. Oh, Adams. So one thing I wanted to ask you, so you, you had mentioned that uh, Lindsay Buckingham did the, the theme song for Vacation. Yeah. Other than that song and when he was with Fleetwood Mac, when he was solo, did he have any other hits? Uh, no. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's a bit like... Well, it's a bit, in, in a way, so, what, five, about eight, nine years ago now, I went to see, because I'm a huge Monkeys fan, I went to see Michael Nesbitt at Union Chapel in uh, Islington, in London, uh, travelled all the way down there, um, and basically, I don't know a lot of his solo stuff, but obviously I know word for word everything that he did in the Monkeys. Um, he came on stage and went, I'm going to do two Monkeys numbers, and then I'm going to go to my solo stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, one of which was Rio. I mean, Rio's a great song. Did he, did he do a different drum? Uh, yes, he did that one as well. Okay. Right. But what I'm saying is that you know, for the crowd, they were they were thinking, oh, it's going to be a mixture. He was like, no, it's going to be all my solo stuff. It was still a wonderful. Don't get me wrong, it's still a wonderful concert to see him see him at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose Lindsay Buckingham is trying is can just go on stage and say, "Look, here's all the great songs that I've been a part of, and here's some solo stuff." But it's a bit like Kenny. I don't know why we how we got onto this, but I have to mention this. It's a bit like seeing a Kenny Loggins gig. He he sounds like Kenny Loggins. He does, but Kenny yeah. Loggins, you you forget is responsible for yeah. All right, yeah, Danger Zone. Get that footnotes, yeah, get that. But meet me halfway um, from over the top. The Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling film. Nobody, rem- nobody remembers things like that. You know, um, I'm you all right. right. I'm all right. From well, what? Is it nobody? What? Nobody no- remembers over the top. But it's a. But it was. It was all right. It wasn't great, but it was all right. But then I'm all right. From Caddyshack opens the opens the film. Now, if you went to a Kenny Loggins gig, I want all of those played. I want I want the whole lot played. And they would. They'd, they'd play other than the over-the-top one. And then Meet Me Halfway. I'm sure that came from the film, but I can't remember which one. I'm sure it's from the film. Oh, God. Look, listen to me. I'm crushing the painted show. Was Holiday Road, was that a, a big hit over in England? No. Yeah, it wasn't over here either. Not at all. But, but everybody we, loved it. But exactly, everybody loved it, but nobody bought it. Or, strangely enough, he didn't, maybe he didn't release it. Maybe it was just an album-only track. That's a really good point, Joe. So while you're going to look at Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo in the pool, I will go and research a bit of Lindsay Buckingham. I know which one I'd rather be doing. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, for completion's sake. Anyway, that draws us to the end of the podcast. Joe, it's been a pleasure tangents have been the name of the game on this podcast because we go in straight. I never thought I'd be talking about Kenny Loggins live. 
I never thought I'd be talking about, ham, you know, I did know a hamburger helper, but I didn't know what it involved. It's been a pleasure. Joe, just about to cough, so I'll go and mute. So you'll have to talk. Okay. No, it's always been a pleasure coming on here. Like I said, I miss Amanda and like when Amy's on too. Well, and... well, she doesn't know this yet, but we think that we're going to, we, we had planned to do risky business next. You can't do that one with her. Wait a minute. No, 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 not. Yeah, we, I'm setting it up. But no, we plan to do risky business without her. But then I think Bruce's millions. We're going to do Bruce's millions as a family. Because um, I think she can watch that. I never seen that one. Oh, so good. You know why? Because I was mad at, at Richard Pryor for ruining Superman 3. <gasps> You've got, can't hold that against him. I know he did ruin. Yes, he did. And it was all, it was a, but don't forget, Robert Vaughan is equally to blame. Sorry, I'm going to cough again. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. So uh, Bruce's Millions, and then we're going to finish, dear listeners, with a Halloween film. And the one that we picked is the legendary Michael Keaton film, Beetlejuice. Oh, cool. So the audition for Batman. You could, uh, you could call it, uh, maybe. Who knows? Um, anyway, so yeah, there we go. Absolute pleasure. Love doing this podcast. Love the film. Two eights. Can't go wrong. Joe, do you want to give a shame, as I do when I come on yours, do you want to give a shameless plug for your podcast, which, if, again, if you're listening to this for the first time, I'm not going to wax lyrical. I love Joe's podcast. It is a firm, regular fixture. He does them every week now. It's perfect. With that intro, Joe, far away. Well, thanks. I appreciate you know your praise and all that. I definitely appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, I do a podcast called WNWNT Nerd Alert. We're part of the Walt Disney World News Today podcast group. Uh, Walt Disney World News Today is uh, is a pretty big uh, Disney website um, that is uh, the worldwide leader in Disney news. And again, we're part of the stable. And what we do is we discuss um, mostly Star Wars and Marvel, um, but we throw in some DC. Oh, and, loads of um, different things that come in. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of expanded a little bit just because we want to do it more weekly, uh, more consistently. And uh, we always have a lot to say. Uh, you know, I, I can't stand the fact that we go on for more than an hour, but we do. <laughs> like, yes. it, it's rare if we can go <laughs> under an hour um i i go to do download and i'll go oh what is it this time it's somewhere between 140 and 153 and it usually is it's great yeah it's great though because that's what i want from my podcast when i listen to podcasts i listen to them while i swim because i've got fancy waterproof um mp3 player which is great and, and i just listen to it so for me it's perfect i've got four podcasts on rotation um, and I managed to get to listen to them all, and and it's so good. And I, I couldn't imagine a weekly podcast listening without your podcast. So if you haven't, checked, oh, thank you. If you haven't checked it out, um, which you probably you, you may have done from the previous things, and I hope you're still listening to it. But yeah, um, uh, you might find that Jack, who's on the show, takes a long time to get to films. And and if you do interact with the podcast, can you send send from me? that he really, really, really should watch Joker if he wants to be a DC completist. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, to, and, and just mention my name, by all means. I'm sure he'd love that. 
send a few emails tell your friends um anyway right i, I must bid you goodbye but it's been a pleasure thank you and i'm going to sign off i'm going to say cheerio over to you joe Toodle pip.